InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk, and welcome to October. That's right. It's hard to believe, isn't it? October, the month of Halloween. It's here. At October, as I've said before, it's a month that you have to be watching for signs of volatility in the market, because October is by far the most volatile month of the year, historically speaking. Very volatile compared to other months. Okay, so I think we just got to be watching. That's all. I'm Steve Peasley, and our focus on this program today is you, your investments, and your continuing education on how to become an above-average investor. So I will provide unbiased comment and evaluation for you today on anything you ask about long as it's financial. But, of course, I am encouraging you to participate. You need to make the call. You can call right now, 888-99-CHART. That's our listener line, 888-99-CHART. I do want to insert a quick reminder here. Justin will be hosting the program for me tomorrow because I'll be in San Jose, California, the Bay Area. Me with uh, some of our listeners. Got, I'll be busy all day doing that tomorrow. And we'll be looking at portfolios and reviewing their portfolios and talking about you know, their future financial life, you know, as everybody approaches, you know, at an age where they may or may not retire, but you still have to be very careful with your money, even if you're going to work. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. And one other comment before I move on to our topics for today, I want to welcome YCharts now to our program, YCharts. That's a new sponsor. Now, Invest Talk listeners call every day, every week, send me emails, and I respond to them. And I use, and people ask me what kind of uh, software do we use to help make decisions. Well, the answer is Y charts. That's a, one of our main basic tools we use. Y charts. It's a data research, data filter, data charting tool we use every day. You can build. Uh, spreadsheets to do almost anything with all the data they provide. It is really deep and really good. We like it a lot. We've been using it for several years. Podcasters will hear Justin and I endorse white charts and get a better explanation of how and why the power of white chart works for us. And we're going to be talking about it. They are a sponsor of the program. Well, there is plenty to talk about today. I want to highlight a headline we saw earlier this morning, a headline that demonstrates how interesting the investment marketplace can be. Marijuana stock, IGC, is up almost 300% since it announced a uh, CBD-infused drink. Should you be buying IGC? Well, doesn't make any money. Not going to make any money. But the stock is up 300%. Now, isn't it amazing how much things can ha- have changed the last five or ten years back? It would have seemed impossible that a company 
could be preparing a marijuana-infused energy drink, and that investors would bite it in a big way. They'd want to take a share of that shock. That That's pretty different than it used to be. But I do think these types of stocks are going to do very well. There's going to be a lot of losers, and there's going to be some huge winners in this space. Now, apparently, uh, IGC, which stands for India Globalization Capital, Inc., has entered into a distribution and partnership agreement for several products, including beverage formula, with a non-psychoactive compound. In other words, even though it's derived from marijuana, it's not, the, the drug in is not you know, to make you high. But they believe it has therapeutic benefits. That's the whole, is that a game changer, by the way? It might be. I don't know. In an effort to provide investor leaders with actionable information that can have positive impact on their finances, I will talk today about how to understand credit card interest. Armed with this knowledge, you might be able to correct some of your spending habits and save some money. But before we get into what we're going to discuss today, how about if we go and take a call from our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Charlie from Pensacola. I was calling, wondering about the ticker sign AGX. Um, it looks to be trading at a pretty good value this year. It's taking a pretty big uh, hit. Just wondering what you guys think. I'll listen for this answer later. Thanks. Okay, AGX. AGX is uh, one of our stocks we own in our managed accounts. Provides engineering, construction, tele- telecommunication, infrastructure services. We, we thought uh, 5G t- build-out, things like that would are the, what this company does. And they're going to make $1.84 next year and $2.75 the year after. But that's a really a big down downturn from $4.56 this year. Okay, and that's why the stock got killed. It went from oh, about $70 a share, $75 a share. Today, it's at 41 So now it's going to make $2.75 next year at 41 price and pays a 2.4% dividend. Return equity is 22%. And it looks like it's now back on its growth side of the equation. And it put in a long-term bottom months all this year and it looks like it's trying to break up uh we kind of like it uh it's not super cheap so don't get too carried away here but it looks like it's put in its bottom argon inc agx engineering construction telecommunication infrastructure services agx everybody 888-99 charters our number. What do you suppose might be the average rate of interest on credit card debt? Do you know? I can tell you. It's huge at 14.1%. That's the average. Think about how much you make in interest. Now, credit card debt has been much higher in the past, been up in the 20% area. But <laughs> not with the, what the environment we're in where interest rates are very, very low. Now, this is according to a May 2018 data from Federal Reserve, by the way. And there is a story about this in Investopedia.com. It's tough for anybody to get ahead financially with that kind of heavy credit card debt baggage. 
Understanding credit card interest can help you lessen the impact of credit card debt on your finance. You should have no credit card debt. That's the goal. Okay? The goal is not to have any. Okay? So that's really what you want. To be clear, a definition. Interest typically expressed as an annual percentage rate is the fee paid for the privilege of borrowing money. This fee is a price a person pays for the ability to spend money today that would otherwise take time to accumulate. In other words, you're spending more than you earn. Stop it. You don't need to take on credit card debt. Notice I'm not saying you don't need to use your credit card. You can use your credit card. Just pay it off every month. You want to hear another kind of scary fact? The average credit card debt dollar amount carried by U.S. households in July of this year, 2018, is $8,395. $8,000. That's an average. $8,395. So you can understand now why credit card... Remember, an average 14% on $8,000. That's huge. Huge. So stop it. <laughs> stop it. And how much debt do we have? A little over a trillion dollars. Trillion. One trillion. Now, do you know what some of the terms are? Principal is how much you owe. Principal. Monthly payment is the percentage of remaining balance. Interest, cost of borrowing. Principal repayment, how much you pay down on the principal. And remaining balance, how much remains the debt you have. Now, these are, these are, these are all important aspects of credit card debt or any kind of debt really and you should stay away from debt this is you know there's some good debt when you can buy a house which has an which is an asset that appreciates that that's a good debt buy a car with debt is not it's depreciating okay and that's all i want to talk about on debt if you have problems paying paying it you know you got to work on it just got to work on it yeah, so, anyways, if you don't pay 14%, that means you get to put that money in your pocket. Think of it in that terms. And you can put that in your 401k. You can switch that all the way around. Why would you not do that? I'll end with this. If you have any questions about resolving financing issues in order to allocate more funds to your investment portfolio, I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin, and we'll see if we can help you accomplish that. Just send me an email on investtalk.com or call KPP Financial, our office in Dana Point, California. Okay, we're ready to help you. We can we can offer investment strategy. We can be both more secure, help you be more secure, more profitable. We can do that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I understand that many investors can have potential trepidation, can be unsure of how much portfolio money to risk, depending on many things, including how close they may be to retirement. It can be dangerous. My advice is to take your free risk questionnaire, our free risk questionnaire, it's free, at investtalk.com. Justin and I can use results to develop a strategy that will be work that will work for you, the best possible strategy for you. Our Tuesday show is well underway, and we're here taking questions, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. 
Welcome to October. Here's a constructive idea. If you can find a few minutes to invest in learning how to improve your portfolio's performance, head over to investtalk.com. Read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And while you're there, be sure to take the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. Now, Steve's here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-427. Let's talk to Vitaly and Torrance. How are you doing, Vitaly? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. All right. Uh, I would like to have your opinion on a company named Allergen. The stock symbol is AGN. They recently have okay. a run. And I would like to know, will it continue? I mean... This I is a stock we own in our... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is a stock we bought because we thought it was really great value in the 155, 160 area. It's at 193 now, and uh, we own this stock still. This is an Ireland-based developer of branded drugs for multiple categories, you know, concerning the central nervous system and eye care. Everybody remembers Allegan probably, if they wear contacts, you probably buy their solution for your eyes, but... It's a big company, $65, 66000000000 billion. It's big. It's, therefore, it's not growing very fast. It's only growing 3 4% sales. And profits are up 3%, going to be up 3% next year. So it's not a great grower. It's $193 stock going to make $16.80. Okay, so what PE is that? Well, that's what, about a 12, 13 PE for next year? I think that's a very reasonable price. I think it still can go up because that's a reasonable price. Uh, it pays a 1.5% dividend. So it's already made a big move, Vitaly. So you've missed most of the move. But I don't think it's going to go up more than about 10%. So, if, you know, but it is a very strong blue chip company. If it paid a higher dividend, I would be much more positive recommending it. But it only pays one5 but I do like the company. It's very solid, very profitable. Appreciate the call. Thank you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, Peasley, and I thank you for joining us here today. And I hope you can find a minute to subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at, at, at iTunes or Google Play or, you know, yeah, Spotify. Either, any one of those. iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Any one of those three. It would help raise the visibility of our program, and of course, that's what we're trying to do. So please subscribe, rate, and review us. I would like that. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's a great value and a must-have for above-average investors. You are listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Okay, today's main talking point, freezing your credit card is now free. Freezing your credit card. Do you know what that means? That's right. What? With a credit card freeze, which means no, you can't, no one, no one including yourself until you unfreeze it, 
can use your credit scores, your credit scores to get a, a new credit card or add, you know, get a loan or anything. It's frozen. No one can get your credit score. Okay? That's going to be our main talking point. So scammers can't, you know, open up a new account in your name. I'm also going to talk about Amazon versus Apple. Which is better? I'm not recommending either, by the way. I'm just going to compare the two. And uh, what's new and what's not in Trump's NAFTA do-over with Canada? Anybody know any details? Well, I got some details. I'm going to share them with you. And investors banking on a stock market rally after midterms. You might want to take a closer look before you decide that that might happen. Because usually we get a rally into the year, right? That's normal. Well, this guy thinks that may not happen. And he's got some data to back him, back him up. So we're going to look at that. But I want to talk about freezing your credit score. And you know it's free to do now. It used to cost money to freeze your credit score. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But let's go to Jose in San Francisco first. How are you doing, Jose? Uh, pretty good, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'd like to know Thank your you. thoughts on Facebook. Uh, is it a good time to buy it now, or should I just wait for another pullback, or more than what it is now, actually? Well, it's it's, ha it's had a pretty big pullback, Facebook, yeah, then, but it used to be one. 200 Yeah. yeah. To $215 a share, and now it's 159 It really hit, went from 215 in one day, from 215 one night, the close on one night, opened up the next day at 175 That is a huge hit, okay, for Facebook. And everybody knows who Facebook is. Symbol is FB. And, well, what's the problem with Facebook? Why are, why are they having issues? Why did it fall so hard? What was the, you know, what was behind that collapse? And should, does that mean, does that mean that it's done? That the that well, that's it, what I'm wondering. You know, it's been falling, and I have a feeling that it may not be, Jose. I okay. have a feeling it may not be. I I think you need to wait a little bit longer. October is a really tough month to invest in until we see a correction for the overall market. If the overall market goes down, you know, several hundreds of points, a thousand points, may, maybe 1,500 on the Dow. If that happened, then I would say, yeah, let's jump into Facebook because it'll come down with the whole world market and it'll make it even right. cheaper. Facebook, however, right now is relatively inexpensive. They're going to make $8.33 next year, $159 stock. Okay, well, that's 20 PE, 20. Five-year range is 21 to 100. And it's still growing forty percent right. a quarter. So yeah, I, I think your your thinking is correct in trying to pick it up on a cheap base basis. But I think I think it might be it's still a bit early, Jose. So okay. just wait another okay. few weeks. But keep your eye on it. Don't let it out of your sight. Okay. Appreciate it. That's Facebook, it's Jose. Thank you. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's talk about those free credit freezes. Okay. What happens is, you know, not that long ago, one of the big, I think it was Equifax, had 158 million personal information stolen from all 158 million people. So what they did is change some of the rules, some of the things that are out there. One was you, they used to charge for freeze your credit, freeze your credit score. You know, uh, and then therefore freeze your credit. No one, no one can uh, open up a new account. But now they don't. It's free. Okay. Uh, 
Now, the problem is, so what, you know, a credit card freeze blocks lenders from checking your report. Okay, when lenders can't check your report, then no credit cards, no, can be opened. Okay, that's how that works. Remember, and it was, it was Equifax that had that massive data breach in September. Okay, but hardly anybody has used this free. So if you, you really should use it if you don't plan on, you know, getting new credit cards or borrowing money in any way. You can unfreeze it. You can unfreeze it just as easy as freeze it. It's pretty simple. Um, you know, uh, how to freeze, this is, this is the issue. There's three credit, three credit reporting uh, bureaus, right? There's TransUnion. So you have to go to transunion.com slash credit freeze. There's Equifax. So you have to go to Equifax.com, personal credit report services, uh, slash, you know, you got to find these places to go. Or your Equifax, you can call the 800 number, 800-685-1111. And Experian, you got to go to Experian.com slash freeze. So you got to freeze all three and unfreeze all three. That's the pain. But yeah, that's how you do it. You would think that they can make it simpler than that, and they could, but they haven't. And you have to freeze and unfreeze by going in and making the changes and go in and make the changes back. But it's a good thing to do if you don't plan on getting more credit cards. Tomorrow on Vestalk, August is generally a slow month for house hunting, but in nearly every metro area surveyed by real estate agents, the slowdown was more profound than normal. Writing about it and talking about it for several months about a peaking housing market. So we're going to have a story tomorrow about it. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y charts every day. Y charts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. Y charts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. This is InvestTalk. 
please make sure you subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then listen, rate, and review. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Paul calling from Sacramento. I have a question. I'm looking at a couple of PIMCO funds, and uh, one is PCI, the Dynamic Credit and Mortgage, and the other is PTY, Corporate and Income. And I'm just curious as what your opinion would be about, number one, the funds. Um, Number two, how they would react in the event of of a recession or pullback if something like that were to come in the next, you know, whatever they're saying, 18 months, two years, six months. Just kind of curious as how those funds may react in that case, if they would be a good holding that would kind of uh, weather the storm or not. Thanks, and I look forward to hearing your opinions on the show. Okay, um, PCI... This is, these are PIMCO funds, right? PIMCO ETFs. Uh, but PCI would act differently than PTY. PCI, because it's a closed-in fund investing in a portfolio of multiple fixed-income sectors in a global credit market. Okay? So it, 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 it's, it's a portfolio of multiple fixed-income sectors in a global credit market. Global. So in a recession... <coughs> In a recession here in the United States, probably would cause a recession in a lot of other places. In a recession, interest rates usually fall, right? So now you got to look at PCI and take a look at the the quality of the credit. Remember, it's multiple fixed income sectors. Multiple meaning is in junk bonds, maybe. And there's where I worry, the junk bonds. If it has junk bonds, and I'd have to do more research, junk bonds have a high default rate in a recession, like 20% or higher. Now, PTY, PTY is a closed-in fund. Remember what closed-in funds are. Is uh, investing in corporate debt obligation securities for high return. Is that junk bonds too? High return. Whenever I hear see that word high return, I automatically think junk. So both of these, to, if you're going to pick one over the other, try, try to find the one that doesn't that has the least amount of junk bonds in it because of the high default rate. Don't fall in love with the returns because PTY, you're getting 8.7%, and you're thinking, wow, I can get 8.7%. Well, that won't last any kind of, economic slowdown it won't last and pci is eight percent i'm worried that these things might have a lot of overlap doing the same kind of stuff one that's global one's local but i don't know that i'd have to do more research on that but as the junk bomb portion that would be the worrisome part of this portfolio if the economy keeps growing i wouldn't worry about junk bonds they have very low default rates when the economies are strong it's only when they go into recession that's when these junk bond uh, ETFs and junk bond funds really taken on the chin. Really taken on the chin. 888-99 chart. You see what the market did today? The Dow was up 122 points. So if you listen to the news and they say, the Dow was up 122 points, you'd say, hey, good, the market was up. No, the market wasn't up. The Dow was up. 
The S&P 500 was down one. <laughs> the NASDAQ was down 38, down 38 points. The overall market was down one. You really should pay attention to the overall market. So the market was essentially flat today. Even though the Dow was up, the market was essentially flat. Not that that's that exciting or not exciting. Okay, so what? Amazon versus Apple. If you were, if you, now I'm not recommending either one. I just want to make that clear. There's no recommendations here. I just want to make some comparisons so that you can see the difference. And this is part of your job if you're going to manage your own portfolio. You need to make comparisons of different tech stocks. If that's the sector you want to be in, large tech, and here's two large techs, so which one's better? Well, well, remember, these these are two of the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, and probably Microsoft. Uh, look at the, if you look just backward, you would definitely pick Amazon. One year return for Amazon is 108%. For Apple, it's 49. Three year return, 270% for Amazon, 100% for Apple. Five year return, 544% for Amazon, 220% for Apple, and 10-year return, 3,400% on Amazon versus 1,370% for Apple. So looking backward, and based on a momentum, just the momentum of the stock movement, stock price movement, you would pick Amazon. Amazon would be the one you'd pick. How about valuations? Well, very simplistic, Apple has a PE of 21, Amazon has a PE of 182. Okay, just based on that, you would have to pick Apple. Earnings. Who earns more money? You'd have to pick Apple. Leadership. I think both stocks have great leadership. Great leadership. I don't think either one wins that battle. So which one would be a better pick for the future? In my opinion, it would be Apple. Even though Apple may underperform Amazon, it in a in a down market, in a bear market, in a recession, I'm thinking Apple would hold up a lot better than Amazon. But don't think I don't like Amazon because I do. I like both of them. And just so you know, we own Apple in half our years in our in a couple of our managed accounts. So just so you know. Um, uh, Amazon, I keep having trouble buying it because of valuation. It's just too expensive, even though I would have been smart and just bit the bullet and bought it. But didn't. Can I go back in time and do it over? Do I get a do-over? We don't get do-overs in the stock market. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to take a moment to thank you, the dedicated listeners who have reserved time for me to meet with me tomorrow in San Jose. Upcoming appointments tomorrow. But you know what? I'm going to be back there in one month. I'll be back. Tomorrow, but I'll be, you know, and Justin will have to fill in for me at the show tomorrow. However, there is good news for our listeners in Southern California, anywhere in the country. You can benefit, you know, you can benefit from my no-cost, no-obligation portfolio reviews. You get started by messaging me through investtalk.com. Just send me an email, and then we'll get, get your portfolio. We'll set up a time, make a call. You can talk to me or Justin, doesn't matter. And uh, we'll go over it and talk about you know, what you're doing. We'll ask, I'll ask a number of questions to figure out where you are in life and then take it from there. We can do it by phone. We can Skype. We can do either one. doesn't matter. 
Okay, the phones are open. All phone lines are open, and we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio One podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Bill. I'm calling from Brick, New Jersey. I'm a podcast listener daily. I had a question about the Treasury Direct. I've purchased bonds in the past through payroll deduction, but honestly, I never liked physically holding the bonds. I was wondering through the Treasury Direct if is there sort of some account or when you purchase the bond do they mail it to you? Look forward to listening to the program. Thank you and have a good day. No, that's not how they do it. Um, I haven't checked in a year or two, maybe three years ago was the last time I checked. Uh, but how they do it, is if, you know, Treasury Direct, you can buy bonds from the government directly, and that's what Treasury Direct is all about. And you can buy three-month bonds or 10-year bonds. Three months, two years, three, you know, whatever they issue, you can buy. Okay, without whatever, there's a certain minimum, but I think it's $10,000, or I think that's the minimum. And what you do is you, you, you put in an order to buy X amount of bonds on the next auction, and you don't really get to know what the rate is. They'll tell you when when the auction takes place. And uh, they will take it out of an account of yours. You have to designate a specific bank account that they're going to take the money out of. And they will put the money back in when the bonds mature with interest, whatever interest payments come in. And it's automatic. Okay, so let's say you bought two-year two year Treasury Direct bonds. You bought directly from the Treasury two-year bond. And when it... When the time comes, they're going to renew your two-year bond unless you tell them not to. This is one of the things you got to be really careful of. You have to remember it's coming due and say, I don't want to renew my bond, so just send me back my money. So I haven't, as I said, I haven't, they could have updated their technology. They could have made, made some changes, but that's how it used to work. Um, because I did that personally, you know, a couple of times many years ago. And so I, 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 that's how it did. Back then it was a lot of paperwork, but that they made it much simpler than that these days. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Well, so what did the NAFTA deal with Canada really accomplish? What's new? What's uh, what's exciting about it? What did we agree to? Okay, so let's go down the line. Let's talk about autos. Before, 62%, 62.5% of all autos, uh, all automobiles that came into the United States had to be made, had to be made using uh, uh, auto parts in the U, from the U.S. 
North America in order to avoid tariffs. Now it's 75%. Now the aim was for the Trump administration to help American manufacturers auto sell, auto parts. Okay, help us with our manufacturing. Auto workers. Uh, the contents of the of as much as 45% of the auto imported duty free into the U.S. must be made by workers making at least $16 an hour. Okay, so that really is a kind of a help to the, our unions here in the United States and in Mexico, right? Really, got to make a certain amount of money. Dairy. Canada will, Canada will open up more of its domestic market to American producers. It will also drop several controversial rules enacted recently that blocked U.S. products derived from dairy, dried milk, and other dairy derivatives. That was a big thing. Drugs. Canada will extend patent protection for certain prescriptions from drugs to 10 years from 8 years. That's not helping us, me and you, because that means, you know, higher cost. Internet commerce, which was not addressed in the initial NAFTA deal many years ago. Internet commerce. U.S. goods costing up to $150 or less, for example, will no longer be subject to Canadian duties. It used to be 20 bucks. So this is the first time that it really addressed the issue. And lumber, U.S. US gave in to Canada's demands to retain several mechanisms to resolve trade disputes. Uh, concerning, there was a big trade dispute between lumber and, and us. Um, so that was good. Steel tariffs are going to remain. Steel tariffs remain. That might be negotiated later. And one thing that wasn't in the previous deal is that this agreement expires in 16 years. It has to be renegotiated. Now, you'll say, well, why did they do that? Well, because things change. Look at the Internet part of this. The Internet's going to be an even bigger and bigger part. So things change, and you have to deal with the new changes. Okay, let's go to get another caller. I think we can get it in before the, uh, before the break. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. Matt here from Minnesota. Love the show. Listen to you guys all the time. Learn lots. Hey, I have a question on a fund here I've been following, and it's been doing real well, and wondering what your thoughts are on it. It's the um, 500 Dividend Aristocrats Fund, S-P-D-A-U-D-P. -D -D Hopefully that works. S&P 500 Dividend Aristocrats Fund is the name of it. And it seems to be going up continuously, and since it's a dividend fund, I would presume it would have some safety in it too. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I'll listen to the show and wait to hear from you. Thanks. Okay. Okay, let's first talk about the symbol. The symbol is not good uh, because, let me, symbols are very simple. One, two, or three letters in a symbol, that's usually the, the New York Stock Exchange. Four letters in a symbol, that's the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Five letters with, with the last letter ending in X, that's mutual funds. Okay. There is no one, two, three, four, five, six, seven digit symbols. And that's what S-P-D-A-U-D-T. Now, so that there's no symbol for that. It's not traded under that symbol. However, I like the S&P 500 uh, aristocrat derivatives, uh, d dividends. That means that they're taking the highest dividend payers of the S&P 500 
and that's part of the index they're tracking. You have to look it up and find out what's in it, but that's what they're attempting. They're, they're, the dividend aristocrats is a specific definition. And so you have to look that up. I know it's hard to believe, but October is here, and time does go by fast. Today's messed up program is an example. We're almost over. We only got 10 minutes left. Time to give me a call. If you want to get your questions in anything financial, 888-99-CHART. Next Invest Talk, August is generally a slow month for house hunting, but in nearly every metro area surveyed by real estate agents, the slowdown was more profound than normal. So what's going on? Justin will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Matt. I listen to you guys on Stitcher Radio out in Chicago. I had a question about how you go about evaluating a company, and I was wondering when people call in and uh, ask you about a certain company, and you come up with a number for valuation, have you already done previous research on all these companies, or do you have a particular piece of software, or how you go about creating valuations so quickly? Uh, do you have a piece of software that gives sort of a rough estimate, or uh, how you go about doing that? Thanks. Bye. Well, evaluations are always, you know, we on the radio go through them really, really fast. But that's not how we really do it in the real world. I, just to be honest, we, we do a lot more in-depth work uh, than just I'm telling you it's making this much money next year and therefore it's worth about this much. I'm giving you a really quick and dirty way of how you can evaluate stocks because you have to have a method of going through things quickly to throw things out. But once you've figure on the ones that you think are really good value, then you then you get into them in depth. Now, good ways to do evaluation is using the main things that we talk about, and that's P-E ratios, forward-looking, return on equity, return on assets. We talk about that a lot. And we talk about the sector P-Es and the overall market P-Es and how that relates to them. We, we don't talk about it a lot, but there's profit margins and whether they're shrinking or growing. It gets more, you know, it gets more and more complicated. And how you can really, if you really want to get into it, if you really want to know that you have to get buy some software that gives you all the data. And that's why we like YChart so much. It gives you all the data. And you can build the data any way you want to. To filter through any stocks, any sector, anything. Okay. The, 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 the numbers I give you on the radio show here, I use a lot of that at Y-Charts. We just never talk about it because it's kind of something we've never shared. But now they are going to be a sponsor show. We have to start talking about him. Uh, and so one of our little secrets is out of the bag. Uh, Y-Charts. The, the Y-Charts is just with a Y and then charts. C-H-A-R-T-S. Y-Charts. It's one word. And it will be very... It can... You know, there's different ways that look at stocks. When you're looking at valuations, you're not necessarily looking at growth rates. That it, you know, growth rates are not as important as how valuable is this company, and is it underpriced or overpriced. So there's certain things you look for when you're looking for value stocks. Growth is not one of them. Even though I like growth, I like to be a value plus growth investor. I want some growth, 
But that's not how you look at it. You look at the returns, equity, return on assets, PE ratio, profit margins. You know, and there's two types of fundamentals you look at. You know, there's there's quantitative and qualitative. Uh, we we really can't get into all the things on the show. Yeah, we can't because of time constraints. We can't. Trust and I would. We've talked about this over and over and over. We would love to get much deeper into these things, but we can't on this kind of format. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Investors banking on a stock market rally after midterms elections. Should take a look at this chart. Anyway, this is an article on I came I came across on Market Watch. Um, and what, in, in essence, in essence, I won't make this a long thing. In essence, there's he's, this, they said in the, the past, since 1945, the return on election, midterm election year is about 7.5%. Okay? And that's usually, very, that's more than twice the average. So midterm years are usually very good. The problem you have is we already have about that much return already. So, are you? It's already done. We've already got it. This is what they're saying. We they think that the returns have been brought forward. I'm not convinced of that necessarily, because if we do get a five percent or so correction in October, that means that you're going to have another five to eight percent rally by the end of the year from a low in October. If we get that, the the thing that was a bit abnormal is we got a rally in the summer that we normally don't get. So it's a little bit different this year. And you know, isn't that true every year? Some things are, it's never always the same. It just tends to be the same. Tends to be. I'm Steve Peasley and that completes another Investop program driven again by your questions. And I remind our podcast listeners that they will learn more about YCharts, our new sponsor, and make, uh, you know, it's, it's, it makes soft, it's, they're a maker of software, everybody, with all the data that you need. Research, data filters, charting, everything you need. Okay, I'll be up at San Jose tomorrow. Justin will be here tomorrow to, to replace me. And I return to this microphone on Wednesday. So good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.